Chong Talk with Vicky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for yet another fantastic episode of HR Talk. I'm JC, ushering us back into a brand new program on a brand new day. And coming to us everywhere from sunny central Florida. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy that has the amazing sunshine on his face on a regular basis. You know him as the wise man. Some call him the shit because it's on his coffee mug. Ricky Bias. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you calling out my mug. That's a present from an employee. Love it. Really love it. Um, <laughs> how you doing, brother? You Welcome good? back, Ricky. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm a little bit upset. Why? Because you and I were setting up getting ready for the show, and uh, I got an, an alert on my little Apple Watch here that the rocket launch literally just happened, and I missed it. I, I didn't even know there was a launch happening today, and I missed it. So I'm a little bit upset. It's kind of like a daily occurrence down there now, right? You know what? You're right. In the past five years, we've we've gone from like one launch every two years to like three or four launches a week. It's becoming a regular launch. I give it. I launch. Oh, you said lunch. I'm getting hungry. I mean, (laughs) I'm getting hungry too. Uh, It's only a matter of time before Uber takes over that. Right next thing you know, they're going to be dropping people's food (laughs) from. From space. Could you imagine? Yeah, I can I mean, actually. I mean, Amazon's currently in the works of obtaining more uh, ships to their fleet. I think it was by the end of 2021, they might be up to like 80 or 90 airships. So they'll just randomly be dropping food from the sky to your house. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I could see it. Have you had something delivered via a drone or no? No. No, no, no. No, me neither. I, I read all about it, but I haven't seen anyone flying over any drone flying over my house or over the street (laughs) let me tell you something though when you think about that from the perspective of like living in florida where you don't have like telephone poles with wires everywhere it's like yeah that's pretty plausible i could see that happening (laughs) when you think about that like in the northeastern united states where all these wires are hanging out all over the joint you know yeah i don't know it's gonna get dicey they gotta be real good about how they do this I mean, the worst that can happen is, I don't know, the puppy chow I ordered is going to be fried, right? That's about yeah, right. it. And somebody's <laughs> neighborhood is going to be out of. But, I mean, come on. They got to build these things with some kind of uh, some kind of intellectual knowledge of the grid they're flying through and avoid those power lines, oh, right? you would hope so. So, hey, uh, I, I so. worked yesterday. Why would you do that? It was one of the first times we finally had the opportunity to get out there and uh, play music for a wedding and MC okay. an event in New York okay. State, and it was the weirdest experience of my entire life. It really was. Yeah. You know, pre-pandemic, okay. if we got out there and did some stuff, Rick, it was uh, it was cool, you know? You, it, it would turn into, like, one of those all-night ragers, you know? Everyone's just dancing. They got their <laughs> glow sticks. It's crazy. It's like, there's your 67-year-old grandma just, like, going crazy. You know what I mean? It's, it's good times. And then okay. now, in the world of COVID, this being one of the first COVID events I've, I've done in person somewhere, uh, you have to stay six feet away from each other. The mask must be on at all times. There's absolutely no dancing whatsoever. Everyone's like happy to be there, but at the same time, they're in their seats. Uh, buffet, you go up and uh, you 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 
It's it's all very different the way that things no come dancing? together. No dancing. No dancing whatsoever. It was like a eight hour happy hour, basically. It was pretty wild. Yeah. Or an eight hour footloose movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. One of the two. Yeah. Right. So it was pretty cool. Um had a chance to uh, meet a business owner locally here. Uh has mm-hmm. a photography business. Uh I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do the unsolicited plug for adore photography adore photo buffalo uh the lady's name is dana fantastic person great stories um luckily for photographers during this time as their events have canceled they've still been able to continue to make hay by having people come to their studios and take pictures in person at their studios you know even though they might not be having their wedding or primary event going they they make it happen it's a little different on the MC side of the house, on the announcing side of the house, on the on the other side. If you're not going virtual, you know, it's it's just a lot. But uh, mm-hmm. long story short, very refreshing to finally be back out there. A little tired today, but all good, all good. I'm brother. I'm curious, and I have to ask, right? So, uh, coming from somebody who's in a state that doesn't do that, right? Doesn't uh, put that many restrictions on a private function. So if you're at a wedding that has, I don't know, 150 people, let's say somebody decides to be within that six feet bubble and maybe start dancing to food. Oh, oh, wait. What would happen? Hang on. It's it's not a 150. There's a 50 person limit to include the people that work at the location as well. So you, maximum okay. of 50 people, six foot spread, mask on at all times. Um, if you're sitting down at the table, you're free of COVID. Take your mask off. But if you stand up, you have to put your mask on, period. Because it's the elevation, you know, science. Um, okay, so let's say it's 50 people, right? It, it's oh, a, it was. It's an invite-only event. 45. Right? 45. Got yeah. it. And so you have space Could you five. imagine got booking it. your wedding and you initially have like 220 people and now you got to trim it to 45? Yes, I can. This is exactly what I did my last wedding. <laughs> Exactly what I did. Like, uh-uh, that's 75 bucks a plate. We need to trim this down. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, I have done that. No, but wait a minute. So let's say people violate those rules. Who's going to know? What's going to happen? Well, the venue knows. Who? And the venue has a liquor license. And if someone comes ah. in from the state and yeah, finds yeah. them in violation, they pull the liquor license, and you're going to go through a very, very, very long, drawn-out process of trying to get your licenses again or licenses again with the state, and then it's an entire thing. So yeah, it's it's wow, a slow you, evolution. You must have had a blast yesterday. Oh, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> hey, I'm um, sure. I do have some HR talk. I I got to get off my chest. Oh, and I need why? to ask you about. Uh, fine. Why do you matter? <laughs> Go ahead. Let's 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 do the things that the show uh, is no, supposed to no, be talking I'm serious. about. Go, go why ahead. why do you matter? Why do I matter? Yeah, as no, just you, like HR in general. Why why do you matter? <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah, I know you weren't. That's for, I told you I was going to hit you in the mouth. For the with right good people, stuff. for the right people, okay. for the right minds, for the right businesses, HR does matter. And it matters because when you're supposed to be, as a business owner, when you're supposed to be focusing on your business, on moving that needle from A to B, 
you want to have somebody by your side you can trust to handle all the legalities behind moving that needle from A to B. And it's not like HR is going to step in and tell you, this is not what you can do. Don't do A, B, C. Yeah, we would do that, but we would do it in a way that it's, it's, it builds up on the relationship and it actually helps you get to A and B in the most efficient way possible. That's why HR matters. Okay, got it. So second question for you. Now we know why you matter. Is there, is there too high of an expectation put on people that work within human resources? I mean, if you're part of a large company or organization, and those that are seasoned and have been around the industry for a long time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have people that are specialized in certain things. But when you're in that smaller shop, or maybe you're doing the consulting, maybe you're pushing in and helping people along the way in those individualized private businesses. You, you need to know a lot about what, like your benefits, uh, your, your pay, your, your mm-hmm. different laws and rules, depending on the state that you're in. Considerations of, of labor organizing and or employment labor law. Like, Especially that. Is it too much? Seriously, is it too much? Is HR right now, the way it is in 2021, is it too much for one person? Anything is too much for one person, right? So for from an HR perspective, for an HR perspective, you do have to be careful how much you put on your plate. Because if you put too much on your plate or somebody else puts it on your plate for you and you still decide to take on that project, you still decide to uh, to uh, take on that, that venture and you're in way over your head, businesses can go bankrupt. People can lose their jobs. You can get sued. So there is a huge possibility that some people may take a bigger bite than what they can chew or swallow. So yeah, you do have to be aware of your skill set and you have to be aware how to say no just because you want more money, right? So you do got to be careful because you could get sued. You make a mistake here, you're going to get sued. You're part of an HR team that's not a large conglomerate. You don't have a lot of people supporting you along the way. Mm -hmm. The knowledge base is vast and huge. Things are constantly evolving. You've got a good feel for what's going on. But you're tapped out. You need a hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about the C-suite. We've talked about good discussions between people to to try to upsell your thoughts and processes about bringing people on or expanding the roles or reorganizing your ship in a different perspective. But at what point do you actually tap out and say, I, I need help? If we're not going to hire someone, we need to bring in someone from the outside to assist with this like mm-hmm. an independent HR practitioner to help along the way. At what, so you're asking at yeah, what point, at what point you would you out? do that? Okay. When would you tap out, Rick? So I would tap out. Uh, well, I mean, it really does depend on the relationship of the person who's putting that work on you. Right. Because if I start to see that this is becoming more than what I can do. Now, there's a big difference in me being able to do it and me being able to do it effectively. Because I could still do X, Y, Z at 70%, but I don't want to give C-level work, right? So it depends on the relationship that I have with my business partner or my client where I would tell them, look, you want me to do this? I can do this. I would ask for a little bit more out of your budget because I want to give you A-level work. But if I do this right now, there's only so much of my time that can go around. There's only so much I can prioritize. 
Now, if you're going to come back and tell me, you know what, go ahead and do it. And that said, I will respectfully decline because I care more about my name and my credibility than an extra $5,000 on a project, right? So I would have to have that backbone to have that conversation with that, with that CEO, with that business partner, um, even if it affects my pocketbook right now. Because what I'm trying to do is protect my name and my credibility so it doesn't affect my pocketbook later on. Because these you, folks talk. You've got evolution taking place. You've got people that have been let go during these COVID times. You've got people that mm -hmm. have been around for quite some time. You've, you've got to change into the guard. Maybe someone that's been in that seasoned HR role is done. They're giving up. Not giving up mm -hmm. altogether on, like, life, but they're it giving happens. up They're giving up yeah, on your business. It. They've they've it. come to the realization that, hey, I am of retirement age. I don't need to keep dealing with this. Why am I hanging on? I'm out. I'm done. So now, okay. so now you have the change into the guard, right? You've mm -hmm. got newer people coming in. They might not be a seasoned, right? Maybe they're fresh out of school. They have expectations that supersede what they learned to get that piece of paper, to get that job. At some point along the way, they need to know more than what they're told that they need. They only know what they know. They don't know what they don't know. The hell is going on? If, you, if, <laughs> if you're so good at the end of the day at recruiting and onboarding and, and, and keeping a cohesive, tight group together, mm -hmm. you've got an amazing skill set. Someone right. comes to you with questions in your small knit group about benefits about retirement, about new laws, about taxes, wages, about the potential of 15 an hour and where are we going with this, that, and the other. And you're kind of new in your shoes. Is Twitter the best place to learn from your peers? Like, where, where do you tap out? <laughs> where do you tap out and say, you know, I love the new book from the HR person in, the, in, in Wisconsin. It's great. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I need more. I'm in this office by myself. Yeah. Twitter was fun, but I'm stuck right now. <laughs> it's are you I tracking? see that? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. the it, The issue with that becomes JC. Uh, it, it, it's it's how, why are you so afraid to say something? Because if I'm here saying this is too much and it keeps happening, either I'm afraid to say something or I did say something and they say too bad, pack sand. Right. So I guess it's up to me to say, all right, should I continue on with it? And by the way, if I do, I need to shut up and do the best I can. Nobody wants a complainer on board or I'll just pack sand and go somewhere else. But you still have to be able to do your job. And your job is to help that organization again, get from A to B in the most efficient way legally okay. possible. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm tracking. So yeah. now. You've got a wealth of experience. You, you've found mm -hmm. all the proper resources. You've had all the great discussions over the span of time, and you've built yourself the way that you are. Mm -hmm. You haven't had to deal with, with labor unions. You haven't had to head down that path. And now your workforce is coming to you, and they're saying that they're going to begin pressing for an in-person vote for unionization. And they're going to have an election in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> You're the HR uh -huh. guy. Uh -huh. What do you do? Um, I would be highly upset if this is the first time I hear about it. 
And I mean highly upset. So for those of you who do not know, in order for you to get a vote, any kind of a uh, of a board certified election, there has to be something needs to happen to show that there's interest. So somebody from the union hall should uh, should have delivered a bag or an envelope full of cards that are signed by 30 percent of the uh, the employees in that particular business to show that there's at least 30 percent interest for a bargaining unit. And that's when the uh, the um, uh, NLRB comes in and says we're going to have an election. If somebody delivers some cards and they give it to some leaders and I didn't hear about it, there's some scuttlebutt going around about unionizing and I didn't hear about it. And then next thing you know, there is a, a I find out today on Sunday that tomorrow, Monday, there's an election. I'm going to be pissed. Because, at myself. because you don't have a chance to vote. No. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, no, I'm going to be pissed at myself because I'm not doing something right to keep my ear to the ground to fully understand what's happening at those levels of the organization. And as a matter of fact, if that is not if that right there is not a preview on why we're here to begin with leadership, not listening, because the best way for, the, for your employees to organize on you is to show that you're not listening to to show that you don't care about their well-being, their safety at work. That's why that comes out. So that's more on me, because if if I'm new to that, they're hiding it from me. Something's happening. I've created that relationship, that toxic relationship that they just won't talk to me about it. So, yeah, A, I'll be pissed. Right. And then B, I will reach out to the NLRB and be like, hey, can we get an extension? I want a fair opportunity to have a conversation with my leaders and have a conversation with the associates to let them know what we really what what we're willing to do to actually mitigate this. NLRB, right? You want to ask what, their permission. For, for those listening that may not be familiar, what right. does NLRB stand for and why do they matter? National Labor Relations Board. That is the body of organization that, that works under the National Labor, Rela Labor Relations Act that pretty much handles anything uh, that has to do with unions, workforce, unfair labor practice, stuff of, of that nature strikes things like that so if if people are going to unionize and they're going to have these elections or they have these discussions is there anything governed by the nlrb that says hr people are not able to attend like could you on behalf of your organization just go to a meeting to keep your ear to the ground just like you're talking <laughs> well <laughs> why are you laughing about well, that because <laughs> it sounds like you it, this is so specific. It sounds like you just left the union hall. I mean, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> and you're just salting and poking and poking. But I oh, get yeah. it. No, Trippy, we're not I done. Get it. There's a lot more on this one. <laughs> I get it. Um, there are some things that it, it, it's and uh, there's a lot of things that can get us leadership in trouble when it comes to um, either um, bargaining units, looking to socialize in your organization, employees talking about it. And there's an acronym. and let me bring it up. It's called tips. And I'll put it up. So like just, the, just the tips. You know what? Let's call it spit. Let's okay. do that. Deal. So spit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I saw where you were going with that and I'm okay. <laughs> no, no, no. That's much better actually. <laughs> yeah. And it means that you can't surveil. You can't promise. You can't intimidate and you can't threaten. Can you monitor? Those are... You know that's surveil. No, not monitor. Right? Not surveil. I mean like, hey, I just want to attend the meeting too. 
I mean, if it's an open meeting, absolutely. If it's on your grounds, yeah. absolutely, you can. If it's okay. off grounds, it can kick you out, right? There's no reason. But then you got to be careful. How, how are you showing up? Are you showing up as somebody who wants to learn more? Or are you showing up with the basis of surveilling, of monitoring? So you do have to be careful with that um, and why you're showing up to those meetings. I personally would not. I would not show up to 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 those meetings. So you would you would maybe have a, a separate meeting after the meeting with some of the people that ran that meeting to kind of just go over some of the things you talked about prior to heading into a negotiation. Because mm, you want to keep your ear to the ground. No, you don't. You don't want to do anything that would tell other people that you could be spying, whether you were spying or not. Oh, is okay, irrelevant. okay, okay. The well, perception is reality. So where's the difference between? perceived spying and keeping my ear to the ground <sighs> so i would have to ask the question you're being your your employees are looking to unionize on you and the reason they're looking to you is because you're not paying attention and you're ignoring them all of a sudden now you're interested you too late you missed that boat you missed that boat so now you're in a situation that if you do show up to those meetings just for the full purpose, sole purpose of keeping your ear to the ground and seeing what's going and, on. And maybe you want to be genuine, right? You want to know what's but, going on. Maybe you're see, but unaware. that doesn't matter. Okay. See, but that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's all about dollars and cents. And then the union hall decides to file a ULP or an unfair labor practice that you're spying on them. They're going to do an investigation, and you have to figure out how much money you want to spend trying to prove yourself right when you can just avoid it from the get-go, right? And just not trying to infiltrate anything, but train your managers. Train your managers on how to listen to the associates. And if you do listen to the associates, how do you, what you do with that information? And you train them not to threaten them, to say, if you go with the union, here's what I'm going to do. Highly illegal. You're going to be tied up in litigation for a long time with the board. And they love to do that. Bloom Unfair labor practices are no joke. Bloomberglaw.com. Uh -huh. Stop by, check out the article, Biden fires NLRB's number two lawyer one day after her boss. As everyone's already aware, the president had fired the second highest ranking attorney at the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, one day after ousting their supervisor, leaving leadership of the agency's legal arm in limbo as the new administration seeks to reorient the board away from the previous administration's business-centric focus. Mm -hmm. There's a that lot going on here. So That was suspected. So now, as you have some changes there, news out of Seattle, according to the Washington Post, Amazon wants the upcoming unionization election at its Bessemer, Alabama warehouse to be held in person, arguing against the NLRB's guidance to hold mail-in balloting in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, the e-commerce giant said late Thursday they appealed the ruling by an NLRB hearing officer a week ago to allow roughly 6,000 workers to take seven weeks starting February 8th, to cast their ballots by mail to be represented by the Retail Wholesale and Department Store Union. Okay. Amazon argued in one of the two filings that the agency's pandemic voting policy is flawed, predominantly in part because it fails to define what a COVID-19 outbreak actually is. The guidance <laughs> reflected assumptions developed comparatively earlier in the pandemic before scientific understanding of the virus was possible. And precautions had developed where it is today. 
A union spokesperson has declined to comment on the filing, and then a Amazon spokeswoman did not immediately respond to requests for comment. For more information on this, WashingtonPost.com, Amazon presses for in-person voting for unionization during the pandemic. There's a lot more to that story. The Washington Post ran that story? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got it. Okay. I don't know if anybody else got that, but okay. Got it. Um, so he, so here's the thing. I, I, I almost guarantee JC and we're not able to verify this. If they were still, if the NLRA B would still want uh, to hold an election via mail, <laughs> NLRA, you know, B <laughs> the act isn't doing is the board is right. Um, it, it's, if they still wanted to do this via mail, but the pandemic wasn't an issue, Amazon would find another reason to still not want that to happen. Right. But think about it. Here's why Amazon doesn't want the mailing boats, because they want people to come in who are still afraid of the pandemic. And remember, I don't know what Amazon is thinking. The more people that show up to vote, the better chances, the better chances of of the uh, of the union not to be recognized. Here's why. The only thing you need in order to have a union, but be uh, at your to, organi- to define they're pushing back on mail in voting. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mailing. Because they want them, they want them to come in and vote in person. Right? Okay. All right. So without knowing the inner workings of Amazon, I would assume that the reason they're doing that is because they think less people will come in to do it in person, thinking the less people that come in to vote, the better. And to be honest, the only thing you need, JC, for that to be ratified, for that to, to be a reality. It's 50% of the votes plus one to be yes. Not of the associates who work in the building, of the people who actually voted. So if your building has 6,000 people, but only 100 people decide to vote yes or no, only thing you need is 51 votes to say yes. 51 to say yes to get a contract for a uh, uh, 6,000-person organization. So FYI. FYI, uh-huh. Amazon is offering to pay for efforts to hold the election safely. Uh, they're offering heated tents for voting set up in the warehouse parking lot. Are they really? Yes. I mean, it's it's a trillion dollar organization. I think so. I guess they can't afford it, right? Um, no, but think about it. it. It's it's how how they should really handle this is have if they if HR would have known that these election that this election is coming up within X amount of time, train your managers, have uh, workshops to let the associates know what you're going to do as as a business. And again, you can't promise anything, but you can use real data. You can use real data about how much sick pay costs, how much all these things cost, and just let them know. Let them know what processes you have in place in case you do have an issue and you're not going to have a stance. If you don't like it, go work somewhere else. No, we're going to hear what you're saying. They have to do that anyway. So from a business owner's perspective, the best thing you can do if you're going to have those conversations anyway, just remove that middleman, which is the union, right? So if 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 I was in charge over there, I would have a lot of training to the associates, to the managers leading up to the event, and I would encourage everybody to come vote. Come on, come on, vote. That shows them that we're not hiding anything, that if you feel that this is what you want to do, so you know what, let your voices be heard, but let me let you know what we're going to do. Right. So we can handle that. When I was working for the school board, the best thing I could have ever done 
to undermine the union rep, and I pissed off a, a bunch of them, is talk directly to the associate and really generally trying to help them. Generally trying to help them. But by that point, because isn't the, it too late that they've already turned to the union? Would that be uh, spying or something like you mentioned before? No. By talking directly no, to really. the associate? No, 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 no. Not really. I'm talking in a meeting, right? So if 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 we have a meeting that the associate is about to get written up or it's being investigated uh, and it could end up in disciplinary action, there's something called the wine garden rights. And if they invoke those rights, that means they can bring a representative with them. So when they come in, at least the one I've been involved with, we've argued like crazy in my office and then go have a beer at the alehouse afterwards. It was actually pretty weird, right? but it, it was pretty cool. That was their job. And I have my job. So I quickly realized as soon as the union comes in, they get all combative. Any regular person would get defensive. And then they start arguing, right? The union rep and the HR guy, they start arguing. And then when the union rep and the associate leaves, the union rep says, you see, you see how hard he was fighting to get you as fired? I got your back. And that keeps union dues coming in. But what if I remove that whole stigma? What if the person comes in and be, regardless of the union rep arguing and saying all these things about what I'm doing wrong, and I just kill them with kindness, and I look at the associate, I'm like, what do you want here? Just tell me what you want. I'm going to tell you what you did wrong, but maybe I misunderstood. Help me understand what's going on. And then you have that conversation to where it takes out that whole stigma that this union guy's there for you, and they get even more mad, right, because I left them out of that conversation. The law says they can be there. I don't have to engage too much into, especially if I feel like you're talking down to me. So I'm going to talk to the associate. And that's what I did. So guess what happened, brother? Next thing you know, word got around, holy shit, HRs really want to work with you. And next thing you know, what? They're not invoking the wine garden rights at all, right? And if that keeps happening over and over and over again, I'm not saying in a span of, 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 of six months, but of years of doing that, at least in the state of Florida, the associate's going to think, why the hell am I paying all these dues every two weeks? So where does it go wrong? Where, where does it go wrong where that that tactic fails working with a union rep in the room? From an HR perspective? Yeah. When you fight because you're defensive. What do you mean? So What are you talking about? <laughs> like that. <laughs> exactly like that. What do you mean? Why are you talking what do you that mean, way? Mike, what are you talking okay. about right now? <laughs> hey, you hey, wanted Mike, to tell me, Mike. Hey, Mike. I just want to. Here, I, okay, good. Go ahead, you need after you. What's up? Please, What's no. Wrong? What do you got? Go ahead. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Hey, so, like I was trying I to get, tell you before, I get you picked. Up you know, the kid I don't understand you why you have him. to try to talk over me right now. I completely get it. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to represent the representative that's in the room. Isn't it annoying though? Like this type of talk, I can't stand this. You know, it drives me nuts when I hear it. I'm used to it. It's crazy. I am the world's most patient guy. I could sit there and listen to that all day. But if I laser focus on helping this person out, I can ignore shit like that all day. And it drives them crazy. So at what point? It drives them crazy. At what point do you say to yourself, okay, this meeting's been going for an hour, and I need to reiterate that I understood the words you said in English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. What's the question? I just asked it. So at what point do you have to just lay it out there and be like, look, uh, you've repeated the same thing three times. We're on the same page. I understand what you just said. Completely good. Crystal clear. We don't need to continue. I already answered your question. This meeting is over. 
Um, is there anything else you want to add that would help me in my investigation? And the union person would say, are you going to exonerate the employee? Well, we're not there yet. We have to investigate. That's what this, that's what investigation is. What if, what if they the push back though, right because then. the Weingarten right. What if they huh? push back and say, I didn't even realize we were under investigation until you just told me right now. Then why are you here? Because the only reason you're here is because the Weingarten rights was invoked. And that is invoked whenever the associate is being called into HR to a meeting that could result into an investigation. Oh, anytime I get called into here, HR. Then, Anytime I get called into HR, I'm going to bring them with me. I'm just going well, to do that, no matter what. We we give we give the associates the opportunity to invoke that right, and we tell them it is entirely up to you. But you have to let me know within 24 hours if you, if you're going to bring somebody. Oh, you're bringing an attorney. I'm going to need more time because now I got to bring my attorney. Wait, you're bringing your sister? I don't know about that. <laughs> right? It depends on the organization. <laughs> right? But you know what though? But I do want to caution people. I do want to caution people. This is the way I do it. This is the way Ricky does it. Right? Is it the right way? I... It's the right way for you based on your it's the, communication it's the style, it... your personality and tact. Exactly. It's the way it works for me because you do not want to give any indication that you are not willing to play ball. I'm sorry, not play ball. That you're not being, uh, you're not putting for a good faith effort to have a lively conversation. But I make it difficult for them. I'm not going to lie. I do make it difficult. Help me understand why you're here, union guy. Okay, is that what's going on? Mr. Mike, what do you need? What's going on? How can HR, how can I help you here? Right? So I give them a little bit of, uh, of, of bait. That way they don't go back and follow an unfair labor practice saying I'm not willing to, pay, to uh, play ball because I should be able to engage in a lively debate and lively discussion. But I'm going to make it difficult for them because at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do I'm trying to be to do what's right for the associate. We got a contract. The contract is different, right? Now that we have the contract, let's talk about to better understand that contract. That way you don't make the same mistake over again. I'm not trying to get you fired. I'm trying to get you to understand this to the point that you come to work, do your job, get the money, and then go home and have a good life. Boom, done. Who doesn't want to know that? And union people hate that. I, JC, I had a staple thrown at me. I had coffee thrown at me because these union guys what? get pissed. A staple. Like one staple? A, a stapler. Oh, <laughs> a stapler. An entire yeah. stapler. Got it. Yeah. The whole thing, man. Threw it at me. I was quick enough to move, and I hit a button, and the 89-year-old security guard escorted him out. It was hilarious. It really was. Right? But as an HR person, the hey. worst thing you can hey. do is match the union people's energy. Question. You cannot do that. What mm -hmm. if you would have gotten hit by that stapler? What would have happened afterwards? Uh, look. What, what was the next hit... course of action? <laughs> <laughs> after you get hit by a stapler in your own office uh now from my perspective yes right, i'm like your you just hit me with a stapler that's assault uh this meeting is over you guys please leave i'll let you know when uh we can reconvene again and by the way mr union guy we're gonna have a conversation later not with me but i am gonna report that because that is assault so you would just take the hit the blood would be coming down your face and you would say it calmly I just like that I mean, I'm a calm person, and it takes a lot to piss me off, JC. So, you wouldn't even again, ask, whole... what are you doing? Why did no, you, I mean, you I just know... hit me with the stapler? I, no, no, I will acknowledge it. You just hit me with a stapler. Roger that. All right, here's what's going to happen. Right? Because I'm not going to punch the guy back. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm not in danger, right? I could claim self-defense, but that doesn't kind of work. At I don't the, know. It, it doesn't work at the office. It was kind of dangerous. It's, 
Well, yeah, it's kind of dangerous, right? But again, you have to dissect what is self-defense. You're trying to get away from danger. If you get up and throw it at me and then sit back down and wait for my reaction, oh my am I in danger? There it is. No, I'm not. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe you need a shield. <laughs> like one of those Captain America shields. <laughs> just kind of one of the riot shields. Just keep it at your desk, you know? Oh, there oh, you go. That's a great idea. You know what? It's a pandemic need. I'm putting a plexiglass. <laughs> it's like I'm ordering from KFC. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? You ever been to one of those? It's uh, got the KFC? bulletproof glass. Have you seen me? Oh, the bulletproof glass, yeah. Yeah, at KFC yeah. with the turnstile, and that's even in bulletproof. Yeah. I don't know about the turnstile, but okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You put your money mm. in, you turn it around, they put the food in, they turn it back around. It's pretty cool, what? actually. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, okay. serious. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a New York thing. Let's yeah, see. get one of those um, for your HR office. Yeah, come in, no. have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm not doing that, man. But you know what, though, JC? Here's what happened at the end of my tenure with the county government. I ended up having a really good relationship with those guys. I really did because they saw that I'm not trying to bullshit them. Yeah. They saw that I was really trying to help them out. But it takes time. You got to take your lickings well, you were there. first to show them what you're trying to do. It took you 10 years. It, it No, it took me four, but okay. Oh, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I thought you said over your 10 years there. Sorry no, no, no. My, my tenure. <laughs> tenure, yeah. Got it. Yeah, it took me four to get to that point, right? But it, it, it's the worst thing you can do as an HR person is to is to fight them the way they fight. That's the worst thing you can do. And and JC, I've always said that on this show. I do not advocate for unions. I am not a union person. I've always been clear about why that from an HR perspective. Because why, why aren't me, you a union person? Why aren't you all for it? But hold on, I'll answer that. I'll answer that after I finish this thought. Um, I'm I I don't advocate for them. But I've always told my clients if they if your employees unionize on you. You deserve it because there was something you was not doing, right? So I don't agree with them, but I understand why they exist because there are some employers out there that are straight up assholes and they just want to squeeze every inch, every every energy, every ounce of money from these associates, right? So of course it's needed. So, so how, how much of that stress and tension is truly rooted within that frozen middle that we've talked about in the past? Here's the funny part. I don't think it's the frozen middle, bro. Where do you think it resides? I don't resides? think it's a frozen minimum. It, it's at the very bottom. At the very bottom. Really? Because you've got some leaders at the very top and even in the frozen middle that gives two shits about the associates who really do the groundwork that makes your 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 brand do great. And that's why these unions come about. Well, they right? feel because unheard they, they somewhere along the way. Correct. Correct. They so they're do, telling someone within the chain. They are. They are. But... Can I give you an example, though? When I, I worked at, before uh, you do, I want to ask you about skip rank logic, then, about okay. breaking the chain, about okay, being about comfortable and, and good enough with an air of radical candor to, if you don't feel your issues are being addressed with your immediate supervisor, manager, team leader, whomever it may be, it's completely okay to talk to the next person in line or someone else okay. in a leadership position. It should be okay. It should be. It's, but it's not at a, a lot of organizations. Exactly. Correct. And 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 I feel Elon Musk has it right. He he's got it right. He's got it right when he says you don't have to go up the, the chain of command. If you have an idea or a concern, you should be able to talk to anybody anywhere in the organization to make sure you get your point heard. And I'll even go above and beyond that. If you are that person, JC, if you're my employee 
and you talk to my boss about an idea you have and you didn't bring it to me and I feel some kind of way about it, that's not on you. That's on me. Why do I feel so vulnerable? Why do I feel some kind of way? He's got his talent. He doesn't feel comfortable with me. That's fine. Go above. I, I don't care about that. But you got some people that get so in love with their titles and then they, they get butt hurt when nobody talks to them. And that's the problem. That's, and that's probably what creates that frozen middle, to be honest. Right. So it, it, it's I shouldn't have any issue with that. Those issues that you say you got to come to me and then you come to me, I don't do shit with it. Guess what's going to happen? You are you, you're putting all the ingredients in a pot. Next thing you know, you're going to throw it in the oven. Come out. Boom. Union. That's question. exactly that's a perfect ingredient. Question for you here, then. So as we move forward towards some of the new things that are being discussed, the potential of a national $15 an hour minimum wage, if people do push more closer towards unionizing in various shops. Mm-hmm. How, how much of a push do you think you're going to begin to see from people that are currently making $20 an hour, $18 an hour? Uh-huh. That hey, happened. I know. Happened. Come on, expound but, upon this. But, but so 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 that this is where this example comes in. When I worked at Darden, I was one of 10 employee relations managers uh, for the entire company. I was uh, I made up 50 percent of the employer relations uh, managers that spoke Spanish and had union experience. So guess what? They flew me all over the place. And we had a huge union issue at the Capitol Grill in Wall Street, New York. And I flew up, spent some some time up there. And instead of showing up in my suit, because the Capitol Grill, you got to show up decked out instead of showing up in my suit and just having to sit down with the managing partner and all these people. I just showed up ready to work. I talked to the managing partner. I'm like, hey, I'm here. I'll talk to you later. I'm going to go to the back real quick because I already knew kind of what was going on. So I went in there. I went to the back. I just started working. I just started working. Hey, what do you need? Because if I go in there and announce myself, oh, dude, it will stop everything. Hey, hi, I'm Ricky Bias. I'm, a, I'm an anti-union guy from corporate. Hi, how are you? Come talk to me. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm going to do, I don't know if you've ever been to the back of the house of a restaurant. It is hectic. Yeah. It is hectic. Just go in there and just find somebody who's struggling. Hey, what do you need? Oh, help me with this. Got you. Boom. Start working. What do you need? Boom. Boom. Stop working. After three hours, <laughs> we're taking not, a break. Not like, in your suit. Not in your suit. No, 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 no. Okay. Not in my suit. In, in tie. Now, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. I don't advise everybody to this work for me because how I come across to people. Right? Well, you're attempting to I build trust working. at that point. I understand. Yeah. Right. And so we're taking a break. And so are you from the other uh, Capitol Grill over by the Crasher building and everything? No, actually, uh, I'm from corporate. Uh, I just came up here and which is uh, I just came up to see how you guys are doing, see how everything's doing. So I figured I'll start off by working in the back. And that hit them. So at first, they're like, are you spying on us? I'm, no, 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 no. Here's my name, Ricky Byers. Exactly blah, 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 blah. the first thought that came in my head. Tell you yeah. the truth. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, though, right? But they are already comparing the relationship because we were joking, talking about the music. Now, if I would have heard some things, right? But it, 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 here's the thing. We were joking, having a good time, right? I told him, hey, I just came back to, uh, to, uh, to help. Here's what's going on. Um, so anyway, long story short, I built a relationship with them. It worked, right? Again, I don't advocate for other people to do that. Right. Because if you're not comfortable in that space, it is going to come across that way. It is going to come across like you're spying. Yeah. Right. Because you but are. I went. Not really. Not really. Depending on the so way that after, you do it. Depending on exactly, the way that exactly. you do it. Right. So I sat down with them. We had coffee. <laughs> Here, we had lunch. Hang and on. Hang on. 
I am here to help today. <laughs> I would like to assist you. Yeah. <laughs> what is your name? Check the box and we're good. Right. I mean, right. Yeah, if you do it that way, nah, man. But let me tell you, I sat down with them and it, it's I was straight up honest with them. I'm like, look, uh, I understand what's happening with all this union stuff. I get it. Look, you listen to what you have to do, right? Um, you do what's best for you, right? But if you give me an opportunity, if you give me an opportunity, you it, it, it's it's and we can work together. Let me know what questions you have. Let me know what you understand about our bonus policy. Let me know what you understand about our healthcare plan. And maybe there are some things that I can help you understand. But I'm not going to tell you how to vote one way or another. Let me let you know what we really truly offer. And then you let me know if, if, if you're aligned, you're not aligned, you understand, and I can expound on that. Buddy, that's building relationships. So you, you're good with building relationships. You're good with it face-to-face. You're good with doing mm-hmm. some of the things that you're talking about. But going back to that circle there, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I know you wanted to know more about these particular benefits. I'm not the guy. But let me direct you to this Twitter group that I subscribe to. No, <laughs> no, you got to come in there with some resources in hand. You do. And yeah, be yeah, yeah. able do. to direct people to actual individuals that can assist mm-hmm. in the process. I mean, well, it's great to so, get advice from your peers. Don't get me wrong. It really, really is. It is. It's good to share ideas. It helps build the community of human resource practitioners or professionals or whatever you want to call yourselves nowadays, right? It mm-hmm. helps with that. But at the end of the day, you're not going to direct the people that need the assistance back to that group. <laughs> no, it, it's you're right. You're right. That's why you have to go into armed. You have to go into armed with a lot of information of what you can and what you cannot do. So let me tell you something else that came out of that conversation. So I told I told the everybody in the back while we were on on break, which by the way was at one thirty in the morning. We were working nonstop. I'm like, damn, man, this is tough work. It really is tough work. So I'm there talking to them, and I'm like, do you know how our benefits work? Do you know how our time off works? So they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, so let me tell you anyway. So I told them how our time off work and everything. And when I started talking about sick pay, right, because one of them said they went to the dentist and something happened and they didn't have um, a vacation to to cover it, they said that uh, the union told them that it was illegal. No, no, that there's a, a, a... a law out there that uh, the restaurant needs to provide um, uh, sick time, which is true. Back then, it did in that particular part of All the right. city, sure. and that we're and that and that we're violating the law. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me double check as to what happened there. So I went and pulled that guy's stuff up, and I'm like, no, you do have sick time. Here's what happened: you've used it all. That's why you didn't get anything, but you do get sick time, right? So, so be- then- before you do this, though, before you head down this path of opening the guy's stuff up to take a look, are mm-hmm. you like, <laughs> it is now an investigation. No, no. I am investigating what took place with your sick leave. <laughs> no. But what does that tell them? Oh, shit. They're listening. Right. This guy's listening. Now, to them, too little, too late. I get that. I completely get that. I can't fix that right now. I can't fix the broken relationship that got us here. I can't fix the broken relationship now that's going to dictate where we go in the future together. 
So let's have that conversation. So after you took the opportunity to spy in the back of the uh, restaurant. I did did not do that. No, I understand. (laughs) Did you also then like meet with the union people to get a better perspective of where they're at on the issue? No. No, Here's why. So you were solely there to talk with employees and get a vibe. It's I was totally I was there, to be honest. I was there to make sure the leaders didn't do anything stupid. Okay, fair enough. Got it. Right. Got it. But. I, I didn't want to focus on them. I wanted to understand the associates. I wanted to understand where they were coming from. And I can't just go in there barking orders, asking questions. I got to go get in with them and talk to them and, and just build that, which I did, and build that relationship. But then after those meetings, JC, they walked away like, is this true? Do we really get this much sick time? And I'm like, here you go. And they're like, because that's not what the union told us. I'm like, I'm not, look, I wasn't there. I don't know what they told you. But I'm letting you know what kind of offers you get. I'm letting you know what here, kind here is of, the uh, reality of, of the situation. Get. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and I cannot tell them that if they sign up for the union or they vote yes, it's illegal for me to tell them if you vote yes, you're going to lose this or this. That's threatening. All right. So, that's so promising. We, we started down this this fantastical journey of you cooking deep fried mushrooms. Because no, we were talking Kona steaks, Whew, Kona steaks. So Got it. Yeah, brother. We, we lobster, started this path mac and about the $15 an hour and those people that are making 18 that wanted a little bit more. You said, oh, I got something that ties in here. So where does those it tie in? Where, do, well, where, does it, where does the pay connection come in in this discussion then? Well, their issue they, they, in this particular um, uh, example, their issue wasn't pay as much as it was um, uh, uh, time off. And sick pay. That was their issue. Brother, this is the Capitol Grill. Service there make like 80 grand. Right? And the people in the back of the house, they make about 19, 20 bucks an hour. Now, granted, New York City, that's not a lot. Right? It really is not. Right? Um, but their concern was more about sick pay and time off than the actual money that they were getting. Right? But here's what happened while I was there. Want to know what happened? This is great. Yeah. While I was there, um, I was in the back uh, taking a break with the guys, which, by the way, 95% of them speaks only Spanish, right? So now I got to talk to the manager. I'm like, look, do you think affirmative action is a quota? Because nobody there speaks English. How's your English? I mean, how's your Spanish? Oh, un poquito. Yeah, we got to talk about that later. What, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Expound upon because, that. Because... Half of these issues would not be on the table if there wasn't a language barrier. There was, it's these managers there did not speak, uh, only spoke a little bit of Spanish. And there was a lot of things that could have been easily communicated. Is there a language requirement in? Yes. Okay. Yes. You, in a position, good Lord, especially in the kitchen, any position that um, uh, uh, requires communication, you have to know the common language, and that common language is English. Now, in the restaurant industry, notoriously, the back of the house speaks more Spanish than English or um, more Spanish and no English at all, right? Which, to me, it doesn't make sense, but so if, if the managers speak Spanish and they're able to communicate effectively, I guess it's good. That's a common language, right? But that would mean that we would dictate one or the other, but we dictate one. At least you have to know English. You do. This, that's not illegal. It is not illegal for us to, to, uh, to dictate that if the job required it. But here's the problem. So because if it required it, it's going to be part of the job posting then, too. 
That's going to be yeah, information. It is. Yeah, it should. It's out there. It should. Okay. Correct. It should. So anyway, I'm there talking to to these guys, and I hear a commotion in the uh, dining room. And I'm like, what's going on? And the guy's like, uh, the union guys are here again. And I'm like, again? What do you mean? So I go outside, and uh, these, uh, these uh, union guys uh, from the local chapter, they came in with about 30 other people chanting something about sick pay. We want to be treated like a human being, stuff like that. And uh, they read a letter, a prepared statement in the middle of the, uh, of the uh, dining room. Manager wanted to call the cops and kick them out. I'm like, stop. This could be no more than 30 seconds. If they stop and they're still hanging around, yeah, kick them out. Let them stay their peace and leave. Just, just, just do that, right? So we let them stay their peace. They left. Diners were unfazed. They're like, whatever. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> they just, it's New York, dude. I mean, what the right, heck? right, right, right. I'm with you. Yeah. They were unfazed, whatever. And then, um, uh, um, I went. That's when I started talking to the managers, having a conversation with them, asking them. I'm like, look, does this happen often? What's going on? Blah 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 blah. And the and the managers like, yeah, I know one of the guys, and he told me that those are those aren't really uh, supporters. They go over to Grand Central Station. They find a bunch of kids hanging around. They give them twenty bucks to come follow the guy in and just and just show a big a big unity of numbers. They must have spent like <laughs> eight hundred dollars in that. And I'm like, do me a favor, man. Don't mention that to anybody again. Don't mention that because that could be that could be spying. Okay, that could be spying. I'm, I'm going to throw something back at you here in regards to uh, what we just talked about on the English side. Just a little bit of uh, querying on the Google box while we're talking. Mm -hmm. Not sure if this applies. Take this, run with it, figure it out. EEOC Regulation 29 CFR 1606.7a provides that a rule requiring employees to speak only English at all times in the workplace is a burdensome term and condition of employment. Such a rule is presumed to violate Title VII. Mm -hmm. Title VII. Except a for when. AKA. That, that's all it reads. That's all it reads. There's an exception on there. It's said at all times. Mm. The, Requiring the employees exception. to speak English only at all times. Now, to me, outside looking in, based off the conversation that we just had, and you talking about the back of the house, 29 CFR 1606.7a, and I am not a lawyer, but it's specific about talking English at all times, where you're stating English is not a requirement at all times. It would just be a requirement for communication. You can speak Spanish in the back of the house or whatever language you like. It doesn't matter. You're not going to violate the rights of an individual, but you're utilizing English for a primary form of communication. Hey, there's a fire behind you. Be careful. ¿Qué? Yo no entiendo. ¿Qué está pasando? There's a fire behind you. The stove exploded. It's right behind you. They can't understand. That's a safety issue, brother. Anything that has to do with safety, you have to speak the common language. You have to. And it goes on Whether to state, the therefore, mm -hmm. a speak English only rule that applies to casual conversations between employees on break or not performing a job duty would be unlawful. That's different. Yeah, exactly. That, that, so substantiating what yeah. substantiating what you're talking about there, then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's because in in some positions you do got to be careful with that. But here's so, the thing, because this made me laugh. Department of, of Labor has more on this for you. Department of Labor Shoot lays it. it out even a little bit further. 29 CFR 1606.7b, such a rule must be narrowly tailored to address the business necessity. 
Situations in which business necessity would justify an English-only rule include communication with customers, coworkers, or supervisors who only speak English, in emergencies or other situations which employees must speak a common language to promote safety, for cooperative work assignments in which the English-only rule is needed to promote efficiency, and to enable a supervisor who only speaks English to monitor the performance of an employee whose job duties require communication in English with coworkers or customers. The Let reason me... I went down this path, and before you jump back in, there's some people that just heard what you said about English at the back of the restaurant. They disagreed with what you said. That's why we, no. that's why we brought this forward. That's why I want to find this cited source for you. To substantiate the conversation, Ricky, back to you. I'm not saying English only. I'm not saying that. Ex I'm saying no, you didn't. You got to be able to speak English. Ex for for <laughs> the common language. <laughs> right, right. And yes. you just used a prime example about the emergency situation. Mm -hmm. Correct. And and here and here's the thing, right? So you have to be able to, to speak English. You can't say English only, but that is the common language. But if you do have attention managers, if you do have an associate that is speaking Spanish to another associate that's speaking Spanish and you're around, they're not doing their job. They're just in casual banter back and forth in the break room. You cannot require them to speak English. You can't do that. It's a bullshit rule. It's a bullshit premise. And I deal with that every organization I go to. Really? Because then the manager, yeah, every single one. Bro. Why is that? Every single well, one. Why, why do you think that happens? I'll put it that way. Well, because normally the manager feels very uh, unsecure within him or herself to say, what if they're talking about me? Well, it's not your business if they're talking about oh. you. Are you going to advocate that they don't text each other? We're always talking about you. <laughs> right? I mean, so so what are you going to do? So what if they text each other saying what an asshole you are? Are you going to bar them from using that uh, cell service? I mean, it, it, it's Well, it's that's why you have to start spying on them and go to their union meetings and learn more. <laughs> right? Come full right? circle on this. Yeah, I didn't do yeah. anything wrong. They just talked bad about me. And now I'm going to follow them on Facebook, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, you'd be surprised how many people do that. And it's creepy. What yeah, are you dude, talking you know about? What? What are you talking about? I've been in some investigations. I was only joking. No, I'm not kidding. Oh, I've no. been in some investigations that the manager comes back to me and says, look at what so-and-so is doing on their day off. Blah, That is messed up, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, how do you how do you know what they're doing? Oh, they're my friend on Facebook. I'm like, let's have a conversation about that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Let this be a lesson. If you have associates, they report to you, and you, all you want to do is spy on them and drop dimes on them of everything they're doing under time off, and this somehow brings you joy because you don't have a life. Please know, stop being an asshole. Don't do it for that reason. Be a kind-hearted human being. And I do mean being, not the being, like JC likes to imply. But I am saying, please, if you're going to be connected on social media with your associates, make sure it's good for a good reason. Thank you. Make a lot bless America.
I don't know what that was. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at the uh, top of the hour in (laughs) HR Talk here. You're listening to HR Talk Podcast with Ricky Baez, Ricky Baez, Ricky Baez, and JC. You know, it's been a long time since we heard advisements from Ricky. And it's good to really get into some of this stuff today. It, It really warms the cockles of your heart, doesn't it, Rick? To like get into the meat of the uh, the human resources world, didn't you? How'd you like the journey I just took you on? The questions I asked. It was masterful. I did a really good job there, I think. You know you're talking out loud, right? Yeah, I know. Hey, okay. you know what else yeah, we're going to do out loud? Right. <laughs> Here's something else we're doing out loud right now. Quotes let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's kick you back. If you're an HR leader and you find yourself on the footsteps of being unionized and having an election, don't get defensive. Be real with your associates. Communicate with them. Let them know that they matter. You know, all those things that you were neglecting before and got you to where you are today. It's going to be the title of Ricky's new book one of these days. It is? Okay. I don't know. In Spanish and English. (laughs) In Spanish and English. (laughs) Have you written a book yet? Uh, I'm (laughs) in the process, actually. Actually, seriously. Could you just stop and finally bring that material back to the program? I'm just saying. No. Like some people no, have written like one book <laughs> and that book happens to be like a thousand pages. But you've done three hundred <laughs> something podcasts with me. <laughs> and in the world of media, it means nothing to some people. Like, yeah. okay, we'll do a show and we've got like sixty to eighty thousand people that touch it, download it, independent ID, IP touches, whatever you whatever you say, right? Mm-hmm. You get all these people from all over the world catching it. It's not a book, so you're you're not credible, Rick. It, it, it's no. So here's the thing, right? It's not a book. I, I'm writing it on and off. Sometimes I stop. Sometimes I start. Sometimes so it's taking longer than normal, but it is coming. It is coming. I probably have a year left. So uh, I'll tell you what it's about. The, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's about managing. Because most people it, don't how, care right now, so that's fine. Well, no, they do. It's okay. okay they will. What um, is it? It's it's this is not the title but here's the tone how to be an effective how to effectively manage the hr office that's the idea behind it oh, the title's okay. not there yet um well but it it throws out all the previous personnel policies you and know it what incorporates new forward-thinking policies you just gave it away and now someone that has a lot more time they're going to write that book while you're still writing yours uh They'll from what i see what's happening out there i'm in no danger <laughs> <laughs> i'm in no danger bro Trust me, I've seen what these other HR people do. I'm like, oh, you're stuck right. in 1980. Speaking, okay. speaking, <laughs> about, speaking about people that aren't in danger and people that have gotten a bad rap over time and people that are actually really good people, great people, some of the best, biggest people out there, great people. Bigly. What are you doing? Oh, I'm following you. Oh, Sherm. <laughs> a lot of people say bad things about Sherm. A lot of people are dropping Fine. their post nominals. A lot of people talk about Sherm in different ways and different things. And Sherm, Sherm, Sherm. Shermy, Sherm, Sherm, Sherm. You're being <laughs> Shermy today. Yeah, I've heard that. Like, what does that even mean in the HR space? Don't tell me I'm being Shermy. 
I don't understand that. But I don't know what that means neither. I don't want to know. Listen, here's one of the good things about them that I really enjoy. Whoever they have putting articles together, news articles, is really, really good. They actually have a good team of people that aggregate content and push out knowledge and information to the world. And this special kudos is going to go out to Lisa Nagel Piazza, Germ SCP, okay? She wrote this article, and I'm going to recommend you check this out on the Google box, Sherm.org. Google EEOC finalizes guidance on workplace religious protections. And uh, they, they just do a good job of pulling information together. So a little bit from her article right here. Um, in a 3-2 vote on November 9th, the EEOC decided to publish a proposed update to its compliance manual section on religious discrimination. The initial proposal was revised after the EEOC received comments from the public and the majority of the commissioners agreed on January 15th to publish the revised manual. Sherm did note in comment that different legal standards applied to requests for accommodations from various workplace practices depending on the basis for the particular accommodation request. While Sherm recognizes and agrees that the revised compliance manual does not have the force and effect of law. It does not bind the public in any way. It is useful to provide needed clarity and guidance to employees, human resource professionals, and employers generally with respect to handling the various unique aspects of requests for accommodations and other issues relating to religious observances and practices and their effect on workplaces, end quote. There's a lot of key changes in this, Rick. Key changes here. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, so anytime the EEOC or the Department of Labor puts on an opinion letter or they have something like that, uh, well, obviously this was not an opinion letter. This was a decision, um, that kind of becomes more specific as far as what religious protections you have. Something must have happened. Right. And one of the things that I'm noticing is that um, I'm going to give you an example. Some... I'm going to give you an go, example. Go okay. Go ahead. go ahead. The guidance would account for the Supreme Court's 2014 decision in Burwell versus Hobby Lobby, number 13 354, for our lawyer friends out there. In that case, the court said federal government could not enforce the Affordable Care Act's contraceptive coverage mandate against a closely held corporation because the requirement conflicted with the owner's religious beliefs. In the 2015 Supreme Court sided with the EEOC in a case alleging religious discrimination because retailer Abercrombie & Fitch refused to hire an applicant whose headscarf, which was worn for religious reasons, did not conform to the dress code policy. Supreme Court held that an employer may not refuse to hire an applicant in the need for religious accommodation is a very motivating factor in the employer's decision unless the accommodation would pose an undue hardship. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of mixed reviews. There's a lot of EEOC updates uh, that have gone into effect, like the EEO1 data uh, processings that we talked about previously. Um, but some of the revisions here in what was published the other day include updates about employee protection from religious discrimination related to reasonable accommodations and harassment. Another great example with that, JC, would be that um, if um, you worked at Hooters 
and you had uh, a, a lot of people that applied to be that waitress position. And one of the ladies who applied, maybe the religious um, uh, belief is that they have to wear, and I'm sorry, I forgot what that garb is called, but they got to be fully, completely covered, right? Um, from head to toe, right? So now I don't work for Hooters, but I do know Hooters has a specific brand that they need to uphold to. So I'm pretty sure that Hooters could not hire that one person to be a waitress who wears those garbs and actually state that's the reason why, because doing so will create an undue hardship for their business because their business is not necessarily selling wings. They sell a brand and they have a specific image that if they don't keep up with that image, that brand will be quote unquote tarnished. So I, I taught now I'm complete. I'm not an attorney. I'm completely speculating, but that is that is what, how that would work from that perspective. Now, for what you're saying is, once the employee is already hired, um, what kind of protections are out there? So I would venture for, to guess there's a lot of issues that has happened where the EEOC had to get involved, that this motion had to take place, right? Hobby Lobby, for example. So Holly, Hobby Lobby was told no because of their religious beliefs. So then... Is it a business? Is it a for-profit business? Because if they were a church, a non-for-profit church, then they would have a leg to stand on. But they're not. They're a for-profit business. And that's why they lost that one. Ultimately, the revisions include updates about employee protections from religious discrimination related to reasonable accommodations and harassment. Quote, as the agency responsible for enforcing Title VII, it is imperative that we stay at the forefront of these issues to ensure compliance with the law, said EEOC Chair Janet Dillon. Now, regarding Janet Dillon, and that was on the 15th, as of the 22nd, President Joe Biden named U.S. EEOC Commissioner to be Charlotte Burroughs as Chair and Commissioner Josh Jocelyn, uh, Jocelyn Samuels as Vice Chair. Who? Uh, jo <laughs> Jocelyn Samuels is the Vice Chair. Charlotte Burroughs is the Chair. They've fired Janet Dillon. Um, wait a second. No, I stand corrected. Ms. Burroughs and Ms. Samuels are both of one political affiliation. Ms. Burroughs replaces as chair Janet Dillon, who remains an EEOC commissioner, while Ms. Samuels replaces Kenneth Sonderling, who also remains as a commissioner. Dillon's term expires January 2022, while Sonderling's and... Commissioner Lucas expire in 2024, respectively. There's a there's a lot of change taking place right now. Expected <laughs> with any administration, you will see something like that unless they thoroughly, completely messed up. Um, but to be honest, we should expect to see some of the same things as you've seen across any other uh, flip flopping administration, whether it's this route, that route. You just see maybe a couple of more things are tightened to uh, to uh, more closely aligned to whatever agenda they're coming from. But at the end, the foundation is still the same, right? You um, as a business leader, don't don't focus too much on who on what religion people are practicing, unless that that practice of religion at work truly interferes with the job that you're doing, right? If it's because you don't like it, it doesn't matter. Right. Is it interfering with work? Then, yeah, maybe you do have to get involved. But come on, let the associates practice what they want so long as it's not bothering anybody else. So I'm being played out.
Current Events This Week is brought to you in part by spy devices that Ricky uses when he heads to the back of restaurants. Absolutely not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Bad joke there. Bad joke. Hey, uh, your first actual current event story. We've been talking current events all week, but it's not a current event show. I mean, this week we did hone in pretty heavily there on union stuff, and we learned how yep. much Ricky hates unions. So I thank you. All right, so your first current <laughs> event story right here is coming to us from the New York Post. And before I bring it to the table, did you want to say anything derogatory about the New York Post? Like you did the I, Washington Post? What? The, no. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say anything derogatory. So, I'm just saying they're reporting on their boss. <laughs> this was written by uh, Dory Luak. A New York City man chooses to go to jail rather than give his dog back to his employer. The pest control professional is in a fight with his former employer, Eminem Environmental in Queens, over his dog. My dog is my best friend, said the employee named Merrick, who even has a tattoo of the dog on his leg. I've committed to this dog a long time ago, and nothing's going to come between me and her. Merrick is 37. He had worked with Roxy for four years, inspecting commercial and residential properties all over the world before. Well, in their area, rather. But before he was laid off from the company in March. Now, although the dog had been provided by Eminem, which covered her food and veterinary bills, she's lived with Merrick and his wife, Joanna. The pair have been inseparable. <laughs> okay. They enjoy long walks together, hikes, trips to Bear Mountain, vacations to Woodstock. Merrick and his dog do many things. But this turned very, quote, rough, R-U-F-F. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) This is for educational and informational purposes only. Please stop by NewYorkPost.com for the full story. But um, rather than pivot and work for Eminem as a COVID cleaner without Roxy, because he, you know, after the pandemic started, he chose to be laid off rather than working without the dog. He returned uh, his company vehicle, credit cards, and equipment, but not the dog, explaining that a manager had said to him, you're going to keep Roxy, right? So on June 25th, the company sent a letter to the employee calling the dog company property, demanding that the dog be returned ASAP. When the former employee refused, the employer pursued legal action, reporting that the dog was stolen, leading the district attorney of Queens to file charges of grand larceny against the former employee. Still refusing to sacrifice the dog to the company, Merrick in August surrendered to the New York Police Department. He spent 15 hours in jail. And, quote, I would not wish that on my worst enemy, end quote. 15 hours? 15 hours. He shared a cell with some 20 other people. Quote, the stories I heard were unreal. Someone beat their stepdad with a baseball bat. I couldn't tell anyone there that I was there for a puppy. End quote. You're kidding me. That was not a quote. That's a quote. That's a quote. That's a quote. (laughs) I mean, I'm not laughing at the beating, but. Now, Merrick did uh, admit to the New York Post in 2016. He signed a contract that said if I were to be terminated or no longer working there, I would have to return the dog. But he alleged that the employer forfeited its claim when the company laid him off and didn't ask for the dog back at that time. 
For now, a Queens judge citing prior divorce case custody rulings is letting the employee keep the dog until the case is settled. The employer, however, said the dog is a working dog, and this is a case of ownership and not custody. The employer, lawyer of the employer, Gary Port, states that as per the contract, the company owns the dog and noted that training the dog to this measure could cost $15,000. I can see that. The lawyer added that allowing the employee to keep the dog would set a dangerous precedent because the employee uh, ultimately got attached to the dog. And maybe at the end of the day, he wants to set up his own business with this highly trained pooch. Loved ones have tried to convince the former employee to just walk away. Quote, my family said, give the dog back. You can get another one. End quote. <laughs> the em- former employee, Merrick, stated, but I've emptied out my bank account, spent time in jail. What else could they throw at me? I will fight this to the end. Animal custody. So, Over to you. So, JC- oh, by the way, real quick, once again, NewYorkPost.com. Educational informational bend right here, written by Dory Luak. Find her on the Twitter as well. New York City man chooses to go to jail rather than give a dog back to his employer. Many details were left out. Stop by, read the article for the full look on that. Over to you. So, example, you work for me, and I give you a laptop. I give you all these things to do for me. I lay you off. I forget to get that laptop from you. Two months later, I'm like, hey, give me that laptop back. You still have it. You say, hey, yeah, I still have it. You're going to say that's still yours because I for- me forgetting to retrieve that back from you, it's not me bequeathing it to you, right? I'm not giving it to you. So how is that the same with the dog? I mean, yeah, they're right. The dog is company property. So it, it's, it's I don't know where this guy's going with that. And it's going to be interesting you know to see how the uh, judge in Queens rules moving forward. Well, it's I want to know what the wife thinks about it. Like, I wish she was that interested in me, right? <laughs> and then the dog. Could you oh, imagine? man. Could, right? Could you imagine him going to jail for the dog but not for his wife or whatever she does? Well, the company is not trying to repossess his wife, though. <laughs> Hold on. No, no, they're not. I don't even know. You know what? I'm done with this story because this can go so many different ways, and I don't want to go there. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, he's messed up. Your next current event story is coming to us from HospitalityNet.org. Tina oh. Peterson has been appointed Director of Human Resources at the Westin Riverfront Resort and Spa, Avon Valley. Tina Peterson, welcome aboard. She's a skilled HR professional with more than 20 years of experience. Peterson most recently served as a senior HR manager at Vacasa. Other previous experiences include leadership positions at Wyndham Vacation Rentals, Howard Head Sports Medicine, The Home Depot, and Target. She's a certified SHRM and HRCI professional, a graduate of West Texas and A&M University, Peterson is a previous board member 
of the High Country Human Resource Association and the Vale Valley Lacrosse Club. Please welcome back to the Weston Riverfront Resort and Spa, Vale Valley, Tina Peterson. <laughs> what, what, what are we doing? What, what... <laughs> I feel like we're. I feel like this is a newscast, and somebody sent in their birthday. Like, hey, Tina let's Peterson. celebrate the 80th birthday. <laughs> Tina, Tina Peterson. <laughs> now, look, I don't personally know Tina Peterson. It was one of the top stories as I was researching things this week. If you really? know Tina Peterson, let her know about this part of the program at one hour nineteen or one hour eighteen minutes, whatever it is, into the show. Let her hear it. Play it around the house, Tina. If you liked it. Call me. I'll follow you in your life and announce your life. Tina Peterson is now driving down Main Street. She's headed to <laughs> Wendy's. Could you imagine? Your life would be so much better. It really would, That would Tina. be great. That would be great. Tina Peterson just... has now arrived to work. Everyone, please stand by. <laughs> Tina Peterson is now kissing her coworker. Oh, no. Oh, my. No, no, no. Come on, come on. <laughs> How about this one? Oh, as, wait, now? Yeah, now, now it's too far? As a congratulations to Tina. How about this one? How about this one? Mm -hmm. Just stay quiet for me for a minute, okay? This will be a good one. Thank you for calling. You've reached Tina Peterson at the Westin Riverfront Resort and Spa, Vail Valley, Colorado. She is the Director of Human Resources and not available to take your call at this time. Please leave a message at the sound of the tone and Tina will be right back with you. El beep. Priceless. You want to talk about like gold. Like, Tina, take that, cut that out, use that. It's our thank you to you. I just gave you a gift valued in excess of $5,000. <laughs> there we go. Wow. There we talk go. about inflating prices. Hey, Holy yeah, shit. this happens. <laughs> Yeah, I just made it up as I go. Florida, Florida, you negotiate the prices. I just read the stuff. My agent, my agent. Okay, this next one's taking us down to Florida. Florida, Florida Transportation. Florida, uh, Florida Transportation Department says it will extend the Sunrail all the way out to DeLand. Now, despite Ooh. a lot of pushback, Florida's Transportation Agency intends to complete Sunrail's unfinished stretch from DeBerry to DeLand in Volusia County. It's going to cost $75 million for the gap. In October, Sunrail commissioned, um, uh, the Sunrail Commission of local leaders voted 3-2 to two in support of extending the commuter railway 12 miles north from a station in DeBerry to DeLand. The Florida Department of Transportation funds and operates Sunrail. How old is that it's story? in talks over transferring these obligations to local governments, and it was unclear how the agency would respond to a divided vote that amounted in the disagreement among mayors and commissioners over Sunrail's future. This is written by Kevin Spear of the Orlando Sentinel, January 22nd. Florida Transportation Department says it will extend Sunrail to DeLand. Stop by OrlandoSentinel.com for more details and information. January 22nd, 2021? Yes. 21st, 2021. I, 
man, I've been out of the loop. I could have sworn that was done like two years ago. Look <laughs> to at you. To be honest. You're acting like a cute I, conspiracy theorist. Like you're living in the future, like in an alternate universe or reality or something. Listen don't to Don't even, dude. We are way too far in the show to start talking about those cute What are you talking now. about? Wait a That'll minute. Be next don't week. do that. No. Don't. No. Don't be derogatory. Oh. What derogatory towards what? I'm sorry. If you believe in the QAnon thing, I'm it's derogatory against you. Florida <laughs> Man. Whatever. Florida Man stories this week brought to you in part by the bias of bias. Florida Man who was naked stole and crashed a police car. A naked Florida man stole what news footage showed to be a marked police vehicle and crashed it in a wooded area, according to officials. Uh, Josh. He's 22. He got arrested Thursday. He crashed his car. And he's got charges, including theft of a motor vehicle, because it really wasn't his car. Followed by charges for aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer, depriving an officer of means of communication or protection, and resisting an officer without violence, according to Jacksonville Sheriff's Office report. Now, officers responded to a report of a naked man running alongside I-10 in western Jayville shortly before noon on Thursday. The guy was he was lying in the road when an officer stopped on the opposite side of the road, according to the report. The guy then got up, dangling, and ran across the highway lanes towards the officer. Now, the report does turn out to be slightly redacted. It doesn't say how the guy stole the vehicle at the end of the day. Authorities confirmed only that a vehicle belonged to the city of Jacksonville was stolen. It's plausible to say that the dangly man ran over, occupied the officer, and stole the cop car. First Coast News footage of the scene showed the crash vehicle to be a marked patrol car, although the report will not state that. According to the police report, about $10,000 worth of damage was done to the vehicle. Officers noted and noticed that Josh had road rash. He's being held on $4,000 bail. (laughs) So I think I read the story and the first thing I thought of is let me call the face of the franchise to see if he's okay. Because this sounds something like he would do. And it's in the area. It, it, it really is a lot. But did you say that he's being charged with depriving an officer means to communicate? Yeah. That's took, a law? He stole the cop car. It's got his but radio in there. But that's a law. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know Florida law wow. like Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. I wrote that down because I'm going to research that. I mean, obviously, you steal that, but I didn't know there's a specific law that says if you deprive an officer, the means to communicate. So if an officer loses his radio, he comes to you and says, hey, I need to use your phone. You say no. You're going to be charged. I have. That's the first thing that came to mind. I've never really thought about it. I'm thinking about it now, and it's hurting. It's not. It's okay. We are in that part of the program (laughs) where it's time for final thoughts. With that being said. wait. Yes, Wait, Ricky Bias. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Back to that story, though. Uh, bringing it, bringing it home to HR. Oh no! Right. If you recognize, so let's say you, as a business owner, you recognize that guy. Hey, that's Josh. Other people recognize he's supposed to be at work. <laughs> Bye, Josh. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Looking for another job because you can't get fired. Hey man. And, hey man. Why Josh? Why Josh leave here? But his pants are in the lunchroom.
<laughs> I saw just like the face. <laughs> I almost said his name. I'm not going to do it. Sounded just like the face. God, we need him back. We need him back. For anyone that's not aware, the face is the face of the franchise. He's the guy on the cover art. He's at the uh, the tip of the spear when it comes to finding us in your favorite podcast platform. If you see right. a face screaming at you and it's a that's handsome man, that's the face. That's the guy right there. He's a real guy. He's a real guy. Okay. He, de- he definitely is a real guy. And um, just real quick for everybody uh, who doesn't know, this coming weekend, uh, I'm going to spend, uh, it's my family is going to spend time with his family. We're going to be there too. And um, we are going to, ha- I'm going to have the equipment. We're going to record some of these conversations. I'm going to have some gold nuggets for everybody when we get back. Special shout out to uh, some people along the way. You know what? I'm going to say that for my final thoughts, which I'm taking right now. So in the final thoughts segment, I, I do want to give a special shout and a thank you to the uh, Disrupt HR teams down in Florida. It was just about one year ago right now ah, that we yeah. were all together for Disrupt Gainesville. You flew me in from New York to be your MC. Always a fantastic time. Love working with that team. Special shout out to the HR lady, Wendy Sellers, Karen Oki, um, Summer Sherrod, uh, Haley McCoy even. You know, um, Angela, uh, dear Angela with uh, Summer as well. There, there's so many great people down there. It's Leslie, uh, sad that we can't on, get Leslie together Miserat. again right now. Well, I'm not done yet. It's sad that we can't get together right now and compiled with that. It was also around this time that we had our secret uh, connection of seven. Uh, the, the the Council of Seven had, had right. got together. And our gracious host, Le- Leslie Miserak. Um, my heart goes out to you, you know, it's, it's been way too long, not seeing you. And we do need to get the council together again for another good discussion on the topics of business, human resources, and, and maybe drink some old fashioned cocktails along the way, you know? So, uh, do look forward to a future where we have the opportunity to do that again and, uh, all be together with that being said, final thoughts, Ricky, over to you. Boy, we uh, we covered a heck of a spectrum today. We went uh, deep in union territory, and I want to say this, guys. Um, it's I don't know of any HR person that can tell you, ah, oh, yeah, we love unions. I, it's I don't think they're gonna say that, but they are gonna say they do understand the reason they're there. They do understand the reason they exist. Um, what you heard today is what I did in that time when I was uh, dealing with unions and. Um, I'm not an attorney, uh, but I do know my way neither around, uh, yeah, and neither is JC, uh, but I do know my way around those union conversations. So what you heard today is what I do and that's what works for me. And it worked for me because I know how to navigate those conversations. Folks, if you know that you are, uh, knee deep in union issues, do not go at it alone. Get yourself a seasoned HR veteran. Get yourself a seasoned union attorney. That is the best way that you're able to combat this. Or right? but talk I, with your friends yeah. on Twitter. Talk with your friends on Twitter for entertainment when you take a break from doing the real work. Yes, sir. That's what you need to do, right? But um, at the end of the day, uh, it, it's it's if you get unionized on, it is for a reason. And you can't change that reason. What you can change is what happens going forward. So get yourself some good, skilled labor attorneys. Get yourself a good, skilled um, HR uh, team. But at the end of the day, just do what's best for the associates and treat them right, and you're never going to have issues. 
Ricky Baez, what are some of the best ways people can reach us, please? Twitter. Now you can say that. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, even Snapchat. Go ahead and find that screaming face. HR Talk with Ricky Bias and JC. And you can download us from your favorite podcast platform. Give us a like. Let us know what you think. JC and I got some things in the pike. We're going to get some interesting news coming in the next couple of weeks on what this year is going to look like for both Bicycle Learning and HR Talk. And um, some other things are in the works. You might see us live on the road, but uh, once we're ready to announce those, we'll do it. So stand by. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already done so, take the opportunity to stop by hrtalkpodcast.com. Might be a little bit confused in the first to find the RSS feed, but look, just go ahead and click on HR Talk. Hit the hamburger in the upper right, HR Talk Podcast, if uh, it takes you to the Biasco main page. Once you get there, you can subscribe to our RSS feed. Why this is important. If you do not subscribe to a podcast platform that currently possesses us in there, you can still subscribe to our RSS feed. Put us into your favorite podcast platform. Aggregate us. Put us out there. We're certainly available for you, and we have not yet been canceled. And we like to keep it that way. On behalf of Ricky Baez, the face of the franchise, the entire HR Talk podcast team, to include our new intern. It's been our pleasure to be here tonight. I'm JC. Drive safe. Have a good night. Yeah, man. Did the, you uh, just the... tell people to aggravate us? No, no, no. Aggregate. The new intern is doing a lot of the social media now. Who's the new intern? The student that I was telling you about before. The HR person. Super cool. The one that filed a sexual harassment complaint? Hang on. Let me stop recording real quick.